Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Spark Plug Podcast, episode 7. And the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. We're all here. All of us. All three of us. Andrew, Thunder Random, he's back from vacation. Round of applause, everybody. Welcome back. Say what's up, Andrew. Yeah, what's up? And, of course, we're joined also by at OKCFlow on Twitter. Trey, say what's up, Trey. We are all here, and I'm Gilgis Max on Twitter. So we are all here today. Um, Very special edition of the pod, the Mock Draft, the Spark Plug Podcast Mock Draft. We are going to be going through our first 10 picks today, correct, Trey, right? I I think that's what we said, yeah. Top 10? Yeah. Um, Do we we just want to do top 10, or do we just want to hit it out of the park and go for all of it okay well i can't do all of it but <laughs> let's do I, let's do um let's do half let's do and we'll do half on wednesday let's do lottery let's do lottery today and then we can record monday or tuesday night and do the rest and get it out on wednesday for the first round all right sounds good sounds good yeah. um next year expect a full mock draft from us first and second round expect it we were kind of like, with my internet going out and all of our vacations kind of like back-to-back, where I was not here one week, and then the next week, well, I guess you were technically here, but I still wasn't because I didn't have internet. So as soon as my internet got fixed, um, sorry, not Trey, Andrew was on vacation, so that our schedules just kind of clashed, and we didn't have a lot of time to do draft prep together, and we were on vacation, and I didn't have internet for two weeks. So, more draft prep next year is going to equal a full mock draft next year. So, expect that. But, for the meantime, we're here to discuss picks 1 through 14 in the lottery. Yeah. Um, so, we have agreed that how we're going to do it is we're going to go pick by pick. We're And we have to, to agree on the choice of the pick. So, we'll, we're going to probably get into some debates um but about the fit that the player gives that team the positional value that he brings to the team and uh so yeah picks one through 14 okay she picks twice I know a lot of people are really back and forth. Some people hate some guys. Some people love some guys. That's how I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, it's definitely... We'll see exactly what us three think ourselves about those picks. Because I feel like we're not going to agree. I think we have the agreement on the second pick, but 12 is definitely a question mark. Yeah, I think 12 is going to be a little more interesting than... Um two will be i think two is kind of going to be a little simple (laughs) just a little bit (laughs) yeah a little little simple a little simple just a little bit um so if you want to take it away trey i I believe we're ready just uh hit it off with number one do we or do we want to go 14 first we'll go one yeah i I feel like i feel like one's the most like one through three the most obvious so we'll go that way so, um, for the first pick in the 2022 NBA draft, I have the Magic selecting 
Jabari Smith out of Auburn University. Um, Jabari is a amazing player. Uh, I think he brings excellent skill. He's one of the best shooting big Ben forwards that we've seen in college in a long time. Um, something that the mat or the Magic have lacked for a while is a big is a consistent big man that can dominate the paint and shoot. Um, so yeah, I I have a comp to him with uh, Darren Jackson Jr. I like that, but hear me mm-hmm. out. Hear me out here. You talked about something the Magic lacked. The Magic seem to be lacking in ticket sales. Do you know what would generate tickets? The Orlando Magic, with the first overall pick in the 2022 (laughs) NBA Draft, select Julian Newman. Oh. (laughs) The high school phenomenon, reality TV star. I was saving that pick for the Kings. <laughs> Lonzo Ball wannabe. I'm Next sorry. Lonzo Ball. No, Julian but... <laughs> but in all seriousness, the magic no, lacking everything. I agree with that pick, though. Jabari, I feel like that's the obvious one. It's what's being reported. It's kind of what's being seen from the camp. Uh, Jabari is very confident he doesn't go past two, and I think... Orlando wants Jabari, so yeah, I agree. What about you, Andrew? You agree? Yeah, Jabari's just that's too much smoke for there not to be fire, you know? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Too much smoke for there not to be. I like that. It's the truth. <laughs> now, after one, then you you start to assume a little bit, a little bit more than you do. You have to make your own. True. After really number three is when you create your own draft, basically. Yeah, I agree. So moving on, if no one else has anything for that, take it away, Trey. The 2022 NBA draft. The Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. So yeah, Uh, Chet Chet, 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 Chet has been the, uh, I feel like he was the consensus number one pick a little bit. Some people said that it was Paulo coming into the year, but now it's a question mark between the top three, but Chet, I still believe has the highest potential of any player in this draft. He has the size, the playmaking and the scoring with the ability to develop his defensive game even more. We haven't really seen a player his size move the way he does in a long time. He's a slanky, slanky man whose arms look like Kyle Kuzma's sweater. But he <laughs> plays better than a sweater could ever play. Um, My favorite part of all time, he plays much better than a sweater could ever play. Exactly. I think that's my favorite quote of all time from anybody ever. It's amazing, right? I don't know if Julian Newman could play better than a sweater. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. I think Chet is really what, if Chet goes to Oklahoma City and is Chet, 
he will, I think, the Thunder. That's exactly what we need. I agree. I, I trust protection him. along with um, just his ability to play pick-and-roll defense is just going to be such a big help. To a young team that was already, for a pretty good chunk of the year, a top-10 defense, um, he's just going to add a, another dimension to our team in terms of defense and offense. He will definitely be our best pick-and-roll player. He'll be probably our best pick-and-pop player. Oh, no, he'll definitely be our best pick-and-pop player. Um, actually, no, second to Mike Dirk Muscala. But, um, Mike Dirk. Yeah, Mike Dirk Muscala. Real ones know where that, uh, where that came from. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he is going to be a game-changer. I think he, I mean, he's going to be a game changer from day one. Obviously, you know, he's got to adjust, you know, in terms of physicality because it's going to be more physical than college. And that's the biggest thing coming in. People questioning his frame and his lanky frame, but you don't have to be big in the NBA to succeed. But I do think it would help him to put on some muscle, but I don't think he has to be absolutely huge, you know, if that makes sense. But yeah, I agree. Second pick, Chet. All right, so yeah, uh, we all agree. Chet, second pick. Yes, sir. Okay, Thunder legend. Yes. So, in moving on to the third overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Paulo Banchero. Um, I feel like Paulo, once again, he had the argument that he was that number one pick over Chet at the beginning of the year. He's <laughs> a lot like Chet with how he does not seem like he is 6'10", playing the way he plays. He plays way smaller than he is, but can still dominate those big guys. Um, he has the ability to really play the 3, 4, and 5, maybe sometimes the 5, Small ball five, definitely. Um, he's just an amazing uh, offensive threat. Can definitely develop the defense into being elite. He probably has the third best potential in the draft. And um, I think he's a solidified pick for three. I agree. Yep. Yeah, the little bit of bank care I have watched is really he's almost like I don't know this is a very naive and stupid comparison but when I did watch him he reminded me of Bubble Bays on crack <laughs> I don't know how much that is the truth or not but just watching some of the jumpers the energy some of his moves he does play small. He plays a lot smaller than he is. Yeah, my but he also gets big when he needs to. Yes. My analysis is, out of all three of them, he scores the most of his buckets off of self-created shots. He's the most um, equipped player coming in. Not to say that he always will, but out of the top three, I would say he's the most equipped player coming in to get a bucket one-on-one. -on -one. And he is also the most ball-dominant out of the three coming in. And I think that's easy. Like, it's not even close. He's the, definitely the most ball-dominant. Um, yeah. And um, the report of him... Sorry, go ahead. 
for sure, and he shows that in college a lot. He on that Duke team, he was that guy. Yeah, he he had the ball in his hand pretty much every play, making the play or scoring. Um, and I definitely see that coming to the Rockets with how you said in the last pod, Jalen Green facilitating that. Yeah, he he's gotta he's gotta do that. That would make them a nasty duo. And like we talked about, they are going to be the duo that can score you, if you're the Rockets, can score you 60 or 70 points together on any given night, you know. And Jalen Green's playmaking is going to be a huge part in getting some of those buckets. He's got to be able to read double teams, read blitzing off screens, um, read the roll, and not just read for the pass, but read for his own shot as well. Like he just has to develop IQ-wise. And I, I see him doing that, you know. For sure. And um, my comp for uh, Apollo is a bigger Tobias Harris uh, slash Blake Griffin. Mm. People forget how good Blake Griffin was in the Clippers. Some of his jumps remind me of, like, just, like, I... I don't know. I like I wasn't watching basketball when Prime Blake was a thing. Like I didn't start watching basketball till 16 conference finals. But like his jumps are explosive. His dunks are explosive. It's it's thunderous. Like if he's getting a putback, it's going to bring the house down type beat. And I love that about a player. I love when they just they just murder the rim when they don't have to. <laughs> it's great for the fans. Yeah. But no, yeah, I definitely, <clears throat> and then I also see uh, some Chris Webber in his defense. I have to go back and watch some clips of Chris Webber playing D. Yeah, Chris Webber, he, he played in the era where big men didn't shoot threes, but he would still throw it up there, and that's a lot like how Paulo does. And then he, Chris Webber on defense was also a dog. He had that dog in him. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like we all agree. Number oh, yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move it on yeah. along. I don't know. Julian Newman <laughs> might go right here. Number four. Fourth overall in the 2022 NBA draft. The Sacramento Kings select Julian Newman. <laughs> I have them picking Keegan Murray out of uh, Iowa. Yes. I feel like yes. he's the only top guy who wants to play for them. And he is the best out of the top guys for him. Um, it's an instant replacement for losing the scoring ability of uh, Marvin Bagley. That's exactly where I was going. That's what I was going to say. I didn't watch much Keegan Murray, but from what I did watch, he is an active offensive rebounder and an, uh, and the uh, amazing defensive playmaker. He's a straight line driver who can play pick and roll and punish small defenders on the offensive side of the ball. I was going to say what you said about Bagley just a little bit differently. Just the outing of Marvin Bagley, it's just a, a replacement, you know. and It's a, it's a, lottery, a high lottery pick guy. That has proven that he can get buckets. I mean, you don't even have to watch the clips. Look at the numbers, man. He averaged 
way north of 20 plus points per game in college, which is, you know, always impressive on really good efficiency as well. And it's just, I don't know, it just seems like a great fit because, you know, obviously they don't want another guard. Um, you would think because they just traded um, Halliburton. Sorry, I don't know why it took me so long to say that, but they just traded him last season. And that's what I've been ranting about probably on this podcast uh, before. If they pick another guard, Sacramento fans should probably riot because they just got rid of Halley because they wanted to get rid of a guard, and they picked up Sabonis. So, Mer- Keegan Murray, Sabonis, front court. How's that looking? I think uh, that's amazing with um, even Keegan Murray and Sabonis. I think that's like a one-two punch right there. Sabonis is that guy where he can just stand under the rim and put those uh, missed threes or mid-ranges back in, and Keegan is that same guy, but he just has the little bit better athletic ability to slam it in or get through people easier than Sabonis can nowadays. Yeah, I was about to say, like we talked about Paulo's explosive jumping. Keegan's the same way, bro. Like when I see him dunk the ball, sometimes he just gets right up there. He just murders the rim, like I said about Paulo, like same way. For sure. Uh, What do you think, Andrew? Okay, I want to start a discussion. Let's hear it. Uh, I'm ready. The Kings. I know this is a little bit high, or not, not too high, but here we go. I kind of feel like the Kings. I feel like the Kings need like an AJ Griffin more than they need a Keegan Murray. I don't know. They got they got Harrison Barnes. Yeah, Harrison they have Barnes getting up to the except Harrison Barnes is as old as dirt, and I'm not too interested in keeping that money. Uh, if I'm the Kings, true. that yeah, is. That's true. But they just don't disrespect. He's still a buck. Yes, Katie, that is. Katie that is true. Okay, Harrison. Harrison. I'm sorry. I didn't Katie mean. He will always Harrison, be remembered as Harrison Barnes' replacement. <laughs> Oh no, yeah, you are you're hundred percent correct. Let me let me let me go through my thought process here. So you've got Fox, you just traded a guard and you just picked up Sabonis. Yeah. Okay, you've got Sabonis, which is basically let me not say something stupid, let me look at some real quick. Uh I think Sabonis plays the same role that Keegan Murray would. I don't know. Not that they're too similar of players, but I think on this team, they would end up playing the same role. So I see the Kings picking somebody like it. Okay, if the Kings were competent, <laughs> if I see the Kings taking somebody more like A.J. Griffin, because, I mean, Buddy Heald isn't on this team anymore, is he? No. I don't think he is. No, he's on, he's so on you're down your best shooter. Right, you traded Halliburton, you're down your best shooter, that's a lot of shooting you traded, but you picked up your big man down low, you did lose Marvin Bagley, or I don't know if lose is the right word, but... Give away. Yeah, you gave away Marvin Bagley. I feel like AJ Griffin fits almost perfectly here. I would say yes, but 
if you do do that, you have to find a scenario to trade down and get some assets back because that that's a little high judging off of you still have Ivy on the board, you still have Keegan on the board, you still have and Shane still, Sharp on the board. And you still haven't traded Barnes yet. Yeah, and not to say that A.J. Griffin can't be as good as those players. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying purely from a... I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, chance standpoint. Like, what's the chance that Detroit's going to take Edge of Griffin at five? You know what I'm saying? So why not trade down yeah. to trade down from four, get some assets, and still get your guy? Get, like, you know, maybe six or seven and take him to play it safe. But um, I definitely see where you're coming from. I just think with Keegan, it does add some athleticism in the front court. Like, um, like Trey said... It, it, Sabonis is lacking athleticism. He's not the, you know, he's not a rim protector. And, you know, Keegan, he's only 6'8", but he's very athletic, and he may be able to develop into a better rim protector. Yeah, he averaged 2.2 blocks in this year in college. Yeah, Keegan yeah, Keegan Murray is not a bad pick at all for Sacramento. They oh, need yeah. help down low. But I was just feeling like I like Rashawn Holmes. I've always liked Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, yeah. You have... You have your big guys. You have your DeMontis Sabonis. You have your Rashawn Holmes. You lost Bagley. Whatever, good deal. Who cares? Now you need to throw in, because when you look at these players I'm talking about, you're talking about De'Aaron Fox. You're talking about DeMontis Sabonis. You're talking about Rashawn Holmes. What can all these players not do? Shoot. But shoot! But I know that AJ can shoot the ball. But oh, Keegan he can, can shoot too. the ball. Mm-hmm. But Keegan can too. Yeah, that is true. AJ Griffin just shot forty-five percent from three. I know it's crazy. That that kind of blew me away a little bit. Yeah, I, didn't I was like, this guy is a shooter. I didn't know he was that good at shooting until today. But um. All right, I think we can. I think we can move on. So you agree? Are you? I like. I like the debate. Oh yeah, I agree with the Keegan pick. My mock draft just has AJ Griffin. Okay. I I respect it. I do too. Yeah, for sure. Um. So let me write that down uh, on my little notepad, and then with the uh, fifth overall pick in the twenty twenty two NBA draft. The Detroit Pistons select Shaden Sharp. That that was a lot of pain in my voice when I said that, but <laughs> I think Sharp is just in case you didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Sharp is a perfect uh punch to go right with Cade. He's that score. That kid was definitely missing last season. Yeah. Um, he also has the ability to really be a threat on defense with age and maturity. Um, he has just such a high motor where he you can see him doing those chase down blocks. It's just he doesn't always put it into use. Like he does he overthinks and doesn't finish plays at times, which, once again, can come with maturity. And learning alongside, and they keep Grant, keep learning alongside these veterans, 
that are good, good at defense and le- even learning from Cade's one year in the league, I think he'll pan out completely fine in uh, Detroit. I agree. Um, I could also see them, though. Um, I think this, after this pick, is where you start to see teams heavily consider A.J. Griffin. Um, like Andrew was talking about, A.J. Griffin at four. Because um, I think teams would start considering him. I mean, I think teams will consider him after the top three. But um, I don't know, man. I agree. Shaden Sharp, explosive backcourt. Um, and like you said, he has all the defensive uh, tools you need. He just has to put it all together, um, which will come with age. Um, IQ will develop. Um, reps in the league will help. All that good stuff. For sure. Uh, how you feeling, Andrew? Yeah, I have Shaden. Shady on. Shit, Dior, Dior, whatever. Yeah. Dior, Dior. I've got him going right here. He does fit perfectly, basically. I mean, there's no... Detroit has a very good roster. You're looking at Kate at the one, Blank at the two, Sharp, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, and now Marvin Bagley. You throw Shaden Sharp in there? A couple of quality second-round picks. A decent free agent signing. I think they're shopping uh, Grant. I think they're shopping Jeremy Grant. I would say Beef Stew at the five and Bagley at the four. Just in, in terms of that, but if they if they decide to keep Grant, that's it's even better. You know, bring Beef Stew off the bench uh, as a pick and roll threat and rim protector, or maybe maybe you start him and bring Bagley off the bench. Well, uh, Pistons fans, let us know what you think below about that. You kind of not oh, yeah. not really a log jam, but kind of because there's a lot of talent in those three guys that has been displayed. Beef stew, beef stew, Isaiah Stewart. You never heard of that beef stew? I uh, that's I've never heard that before. I didn't even know who you were talking about for a second. Isaiah Stewart, never. You, you've never heard him called that. I've heard him called a criminal and like <laughs> uh, all that stuff. I've never heard him called. Trey, have you, have, you, have you heard that, Trey? No. I, but okay, I definitely think he earned that nickname after trying the fight. Right, here it is, yeah. With bloody <laughs> eye. If, if y'all go to Basketball Reference and type in Isaiah Stewart. Bro, let me at him, bro. Let me at him. Look. Bro, he he tried to fight Russell Westbrook, and Russ looked like he was back on the streets of L.A. Look at this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it in the Discord. It's his only nickname on Basketball Reference. It's literally, it's just Beef Stew. It's on. It's in the Discord. Just, just click on it, and it'll be there. It's uh, to the right of his picture on the second line of text, right below his Twitter and everything. Beef stew in parentheses. Beef stew. I can't believe y'all didn't know that. Beef stew. Mm-mm. I, I had no reason to know that. <laughs> yeah. The better question is, why do you know that? Because I think in the fourth quarter called him beef stew. I'm pretty sure is where I got it from. I heard him say beef stew. But, so, we all agree, number five, Shaden? Shaden, yeah. Now, here's where things get all nice. Yeah. With? I want to go first. Okay. Do you want to hear? You can announce the pick. 
Select DeMontis of Keegan Murray <laughs> out of. Oh my god, where is he from? Hold on a second. Iowa. I want to say, I was going to say Iowa, but I didn't want to be wrong. Out of Iowa. Okay. He, he's still on the board in mine. That's, That's why true. I wanted yeah, to go yeah, first. Because yeah. mine's different. Yeah. He replaces DeMontis Sabonis. I mean, they're not quite the same player, as I said earlier, but he replaces, he fills that hole. You've got Halliburton. You've got Malcolm Brogdon. You might have TJ Warren if he returns from whatever hole he fell into. <laughs> Maybe there's a TJ Warren there. He's still in Disney World. <laughs> Man is still in the they bubble. Left, left yeah, he's still at Disney World. He's Man is still, he's still listening to Rachel Nichols and Jimmy Butler. Now, basically, I feel like this is where my draft puzzle pieces start coming together for each and every single one of these teams. Because it feels like every single one of these picks is perfect for every single one of these teams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you've got Brockton, you've got Halliburton, you just traded Sabonis, you've got Heald at the three, Heald and TJ Warren at the three. I'm probably not remembering somebody because it is the Indiana Pacers. But Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. Yes. Jalen Smith can go to their G League team. Man, don't don't they don't this JS like that. He had a solid run when he got to Indy. I I was sad we didn't trade for him. They literally gave like a second round pick for him and that's basically it. And he had a good, good run. With them, they they also gave they also gave somebody who was like important the Suns run last year. They'll cut him. Can't remember who it was. It wasn't campaign. When the Suns made the finals, it was someone. I can't remember who it was. Um, That's him. That makes me so mad. I can't remember who they traded. Hold on. Wait. 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 Because they traded somebody back to the Suns who had left in free agency. Okay, was it um, was it Tory Craig? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he was uh, he was he was doing really well off the bench in the finals in the in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but no, yeah, they they traded like a second round pick and Tory Craig for Jalen Smith. I found that was a complete steal. Mm-hmm. Um. But so, yeah, so Andrew has Keegan Murray here, going here. But for the mock draft, I would select Jeremy Token from Baylor. Okay. He's, really, he's an inch big, he's kind of a bigger Keegan Murray. Um, here, let, let me pull my notes on him. So I don't get the phone because I don't want to look down here. Um, where is it at? Oh, yeah. Uh, so he definitely has some. Wait, what was I gonna say? Uh, his energy is 
he's a competitor. Yes. Straight out, he's a competitor. It showed in the uh, in Baylor's run, um, where they had that twenty four twenty five point comeback fall short against North Carolina, where he showed up with fifty. Uh, I can't remember how many how much he scored, but he was he was the leader of that comeback, and he, they just fell short. Um, but he averaged fifteen points, nine rebounds, and a free assist on thirty minutes uh, this year. He's his energy on the offensive side and defensive side is, I believe, unpassable in this draft. He's he is that spark plug that we talk about every episode. He can be that spark plug in the starting rotation or coming off the bench for uh, six. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. For my sixth pick, I'm taking Shaden Sharp to the Indiana Pacers to form the backcourt we just talked about with Cade, but except with good old Halliburton. Halliburton's a stud, man, Um, especially towards the end of last year when he went to Indy. He really just bursted onto the scene even more. Um, The only difference is uh, Cade gets his dynamic backcourt with Jaden Ivey, and... You know, at the Pistons point in the draft, like we said, they do have some nice pieces. Um, they're still drafting for talent. They're as early in the rebuild as we are. And I think this no, the same definitely goes for Indiana. You know, you're drafting Shaden Sharp for talent. And it's also a good fit in the backcourt. So that's my reasoning for that. The defensive potential is crazy. They're both huge, big, long guards. Um, of course, Shaden Sharp's more athletic, but I love the potential there I see in that backcourt. With those two guys. I can definitely see that. Um, I believe if Shaden falls past five, that we're going to see teams either take him with the Pacers and Blazers or teams trade up. Yeah. Because he's just he just has too much potential and, like, um, what am I? Future. In his career, where if it plans out, Upside. he could end up being the best player in this draft. I don't think that's like an extremely hot take because in high school, he was that best player. I talked about it last episode. He was the best player in high school. And in the 2022 consensus, he was ranked above Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. So he he has that ability to be the best player on the court on the team in his really league and, or in his draft. I so can, that's what I think that. about. I definitely see that for sure. Uh, so we're we're good with six. Yeah, I'm good. Yep. All right. Does someone else want to announce first for Blazers or this go one's back to- tough? I want to talk about the Blazers. All right, go ahead, Andrew. All right. The Portland Trail Blazers. I love talking about the Portland Trail Blazers. <laughs> now, the Portland Trail Blazers. Here, let's just start with the pick. With the seventh overall pick, this one's going to sound really stupid, but with the seventh overall pick, 
in the 2022 NBA Draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Dyson Daniels. That's kind of what now, I'm thinking, but I also have somebody else that's going to shock some people, I believe. The big kicker here is that I do believe that Jaden Ivey is... That is his name, right? I didn't. Just... Yes, yes, Jaden Ivey. Yeah. Jaden Ivey is the better player. Oh, I forgot. That is he's the still truth. On your board. He is still on my board. Oh, and he is a better player than Dyson Daniels. But the Portland Trailblazers, they have Damian Lillard. Wow. Yes. They have Anthony Simons. They need somebody who's going to come off the bench. And is going to be able to run any kind of decent, doable offense. Look at the Portland Trailblazers bench. Okay, let's do the starting lineup. Dame, Anthony, I put Josh Hart at the three, at the four. I don't even know. I don't even know who their four is. Trenton Watford. And then at the five, you've got Nurkic. Basically, what I'm looking at here is a team that is very guard-reliant. They're extremely reliant on their guards. But they don't have a guard for the bench. Now that they've traded CJ McCollum, they don't have a guard for the bench. Dyson Daniels can run in the fence. He can, make, he can be a Josh Giddy-type player, not just because they're both from Australia, though that is cool. He can be... He can elevate the bench... When those two aren't on the floor, I think he works really well for the Trailblazers. What, what, what are we thinking for seven? Um, I was I was thinking between Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Oh, me too. You got me. And you Dyson Daniel. You got me. Johnny Davis was my guy. That's my yeah, guy. Yeah, I I don't think it's bad at all. Anthony Simons is up for contract. They could trade him, sign and trade him get assets, and pick Dyson Daniels, Johnny Davis, and have the replacement right there. I don't think they want to replace Anthony, but for my reasoning is... I'm just saying they could. I think think Anthony is a solid player, and he can be a future star for the Blazers. I'm just saying if they wanted to flip him for assets, they could easily replace him with not an as good but high potential player in Dyson Daniels or Johnny Davis. So here's my thing, and I'm going with Johnny Davis over Dyson Daniels for this. Now, um... I'm going with Dyson, just for pick. Let me ask y'all this about the Blazers. What is always with the CJ and Dame backcourt? When I, when I'm, when I put that, when I, okay, sorry, I just butchered that. When I put those two names out there and put the word backcourt, and I'm about to say what I'm going to say, the, I know what's going to come to your mind. What always plagued that backcourt? Defense. Yes. Defense. Ding, ding, ding. Johnny Davis is a lock. He is a lock. I don't know if y'all have watched this man play defense. He has a high motor. He competes. Now, so Sochan, or however you pronounce it, I'm sorry if I pronounce it wrong. Hopefully, it's I didn't. Okay. Um, he's I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He's, he's definitely the most um, versatile defender in the draft, and you can make a case he's a better defender. I'd probably say he would. But the Blazers need a guard that can not only lock up, but also can create their own shot off the dribble, and Johnny Davis can do that. 
And his three-point shooting percentage was definitely low, but I feel like he's kind of maybe a streaky shooter, maybe. His projected NBA three-point percentage on Tankathon is 35%, which is probably a tad bit below league average, but that's respectable. Um, Not to mention, this pick gives them a good, like, I don't know how to put it, so for lack of a better term, I'm going to explain it. Um, In the finals, when Steve Kerr was going defense for offense, if the Blazers need to do that, they can sub Johnny Davis for Anthony Simons. They have a good counter. If they are getting torched, they can sub out Ant and put in Johnny Davis to lock up and play some good defense and help Dame out. Not to say Anthony's like a terrible defender or anything, but Johnny Davis is a lot coming in. And I think that's going to be like one of his biggest things coming into the league and like for his whole career. He could be a guy that can just play great defense. And he has a high motor too. Like he wants it out there. He's fighting through screens. He's running to recover. And he doesn't give up on the play even if he's beat. So that's why I got Johnny Davis going to Portland. Plus, they need to win now. They need to win now. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think Johnny's um, more NBA ready. Yeah, and it's for fit, too. That's the thing. Like, um, They want to go now with Dame. They're not drafting for talent. They're drafting for fit. You know what I'm saying? So they want to draft a guy that helps them now. Johnny Davis locks up. And, you know, like you, um, or no, Andrew was talking about coming off the bench. He can, like we said, spark plug off the bench. Um, can create his own shot off the dribble, get a lot of shot creation reps for future development after Dame's time in Portland is up. He gets a lot of shot creation reps off the bench to further develop that, along with lockdown defense and a lot of minutes with the starters. I definitely see that. Um If that's nothing else to be said about that pick, we ready to move the eight? Yes, sir. I'm good. Before that, I want to make sure I have this right. Uh, so four, I have Keegan. Max has Keegan, and Andrew has AJ. Correct. Yep. For five, I have Shaden. Max has Ivy, and Andrew has Shaden. Yes. All right. For six, I have Sokan. You have Max has Shaden, and uh, Andrew has Keegan. Yes. Yeah, and then seven, Dyson, Johnny, and Dyson. Yes. All right. So, I want, if it's all right, I'd like to lead off with the um, Pelicans. Go for it, big dog. You got it. You got Yep, you got it. With the eighth overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft, I have the New Orleans Pelicans selecting A.J. Griffin out of Duke University. I think A.J. Griffin is pretty much a lock to Pelicans at eight if he does not go before that. He had a, there was reports that he had a great workout and that they're very high on him over players like Shaden Sharp and Jaden Ivey. Um... <coughs> Sorry, he is uh, one of the better, more polished three-point shooters in this draft class. He has the ability to shoot from pretty much anywhere on the court and the defensive ability to guard anywhere on the court. He can fight with the big guys in the paint, and he can guard the guards and forwards from outside the perimeter. Um, 
His biggest weekend weakness for me is his uh, handles. He often dribbles too much to get to his jumper and can lose the ball very easily to, into turnovers. But then on the other side of that, he fights very well. If he does turn the ball over, he doesn't give up on plays. Um, but yeah, that's why I have A.J. Griffin to eight. I can definitely see that. And my Thunder bias wants A.J. Griffin to fall, but I don't know if he falls past eight. And if he does, I don't definitely don't think he falls past nine or ten. All right, I have a problem with AJ Griffin right here. Why is that? Log I jam? know. Yeah, it's got to be the log. You just described Herb Jones, minus the shooting. You just described Herb Jones. That's true. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. They've got Herb Jones, and, and they, they are the exact same player. The Pelicans are log jammed at power forward with Zion. Larry Nance and Herb Jones. And so Herb Jones, right? Herb Jones ends up playing more backup small forward. Uh-huh, yeah. Right. So Herb backup small forward. Brandon starts. I can see eight. His frame and his fit are a little weird to back up CJ McCollum because then that bench is incapable of dribbling the ball for more than two seconds at a time. I don't see where A.J. Griffin... You can always use a 45% three-point shooter, and I'm sure he'd be, he would do great there and all that stuff, but I don't see the fit specifically with New Orleans. Yeah, and, and New Orleans is kind of structured already, especially when they get Zion back. What New Orleans needs is a pure bona fide point guard. And although Jaden Ivey is not a traditional point guard yet, you think he could be? He's he's still on my board. And I think if you slide Jaden Ivey in there next to CJ McCollum, I think that's that's crazy. Jaden Ivey, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson Jackson Hayes or Jonas Valanciunas. Definitely. That, that is a team right there, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I like that a lot. I just don't see Jaden falling that far, man. But um, Yeah. If he does, that'd be insane for Pelicans fans. My drop shook up kind of weird. <laughs> um, For me, what do the Pelicans need? Uh... I don't know, man. With Jackson Hayes, like, anger stuff and off-the-court stuff, I don't know how much you rely on him to be that athletic backup five lob threat. Maybe you draft Jeremy Sochon and go for the small ball five developmental role where he can sw- you can switch everything if he's guarding the pick and roll. He can guard everything. I, I can absolutely see that. And, I mean... He's mocked at 10 on Tankathon. I mean, he's mocked in this area. I don't think he goes before 8. I think you can get him. And I think that gives you a really nice option. And and not only just at the 5, but maybe at the 4, maybe at the 3. But you got to work on the jumper, especially if you're going to play him at 4 or 3. If you're going to play him at 5, you can probably get away with him not being able to shoot. Not that you want to, like, you know, barely scrape by, but you, you're more likely to get by with it then. 
this Pelicans team is so weird because right now you're describing Larry Nance Jr. And this is this is so weird. Oh, that's true, man. Yeah, that's true. It's so you get away with playing him at the five. He's not the greatest shooter. Awesome defender, versatile, can catch lobs, obviously. I mean, this. it yep. feels like the Pelicans already have these really good players. That's true. Man. Really good pieces, I should say. Really good pieces that you need on the team. Maybe you go for Jalen Duran, and then again, he's he's a lot like Jackson Hayes, but you know, maybe without the off court issues and the anger that comes on the court. And maybe- yeah, it's just my mock draft here shook up really, really nicely. This is like best case scenario for Duran. Yeah. I, okay, I'm gonna go with Sochan. I see what you're saying about Larry Nance, but. Sochon adds so much versatility to the point where he can play three through five, especially if he develops a jumper, which is a big if. It's a big if. But the defensive versatility he adds, when you think of the fact that you could legitimately have a lineup out there of Alvarado, Herb Jones, Zion, Larry Nance, and Sochon, which is not in order. You would have Alvarado at the one... You would have um, probably, I don't know, probably butt Larry Nance out of there or but um, I don't know. You think Herb I feel Jones like you guys are two? forgetting about a big guy in Devontae Graham. Yeah, He's I'm, there I'm saying a defensive lineup. Like I'm saying if, oh, okay, okay, if, okay. if you're going to close out a game, you're up by 10 with three minutes left. You can sub in Jose Alvarado. You can put in Jeremy Sochon at the three through the five. You can put in Larry Nance to occupy the other um, four or five, whichever one's not filled. Then you put Zion in there. You know, I th- I think Zion can play three. You think Zion can play three? No. No? No. I don't think so. Yeah, you think Zion can play three until he's got to guard Kawhi Leonard. Well, that's true. Or LeBron. Maybe, okay, maybe not. Or Jimmy Butler. Know, maybe. Okay, well, Sochon at the three, Zion at the four. Or Josh Giddy. Sochon at the three, Zion at the four. Then you got Herb at the two. You think Herb plays two? I think Herb plays two. Herb can play two. I think he could. I think, I think he Herb, could. If you're, if you're playing, you know, a, a I don't know if you feel comfortable. Starter, I'm saying, like, like sparse minutes, like like you're closing a game out. You have your five best defenders on the floor. You put him at the two. So what? You've got CJ at the one, right? No, you oh, take, no. You take so CJ where's... out for defense. Okay, defense. And, uh, yeah, and you, still, you still got Zion in the game for scoring. You know, um, Alvarado. You know, to just you know set up the offense and stuff. He's not going to like create his own shot off the dribble. He's looking for others. You got Zion in the game. You got, you know, Herb. How about you go Zion? How about you go Zion at the five and slide Bi at the four, yeah, and have Darren at the three? You could do that too. You could do that too. I'm just saying, like, probably their five best defenders. Or, I mean, I can't say that about Zion. He didn't play, but like potentially, you know, with his yeah. explosiveness and just physicality, but. I don't know. I just like the versatility he adds, and it's a big if, but if he develops a jump shot, that's nasty for New Orleans. They have two of the best, you know, if they develop, two, they're going to have two of the best defensive wing players in the league and two of the most versatile as well in um, in Herb Jones and Jeremy Sochan if they draft him. 
So that's my pick for eight. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we ready to move to nine? Yeah, also... Number nine. I'm going to say this. Um, we're not going to have time to cover anything else on this episode. It's already clocking in at 55 minutes plus right now, and we have to get through 14, which after 10, we're probably just going to, you know, say, I got this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, and then we're going to be yeah. done, but still. Just wanted to let y'all know. All right. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. Um, does anybody want to announce nine, or am I good to announce it? You got it. You got yeah, it. go ahead. All right, so for nine, for the ninth pick in the 2022 NBA draft, I have the San Antonio Spurs selecting. Hold on, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Hold on. Hold on. Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Okay. Um, I believe, like a lot of the guards we've talked about, he is a perfect two to go along with teams' existing ones in DeJounte Murray for the Spurs. Um, I believe he fits along with DJ very well. He can roll off of DJ very well. Um, he struggles at creating efficient offense at times, but with the other shooters around him like DeJounte and uh, playmakers, I... I feel like he can develop it. He also has um, great physical... Ah, he's very physical when it comes to pick and rolls, which can be ran with Josh Primo or Poto. Um, but yeah, I think Johnny Davis is pretty much locked for the top 12, and I believe he could go early as 9 to the Spurs. No. I disagree respectfully because, again, like we just said with New Orleans, there's a logjam there for the Spurs at guard. They've got DJ. They've got Lonnie if they opt to keep him. They've got Primo. They've got Trey Jones. There's That's their four guards, you know what I'm saying? And then they've got, um, I'm sure there's somebody I'm missing. Um, they've got Josh Richardson right now. Don't know like what the future plans are for him. But they've got those five guys, and they can realistically all either play one or two, or you know maybe some both. And you know you can probably slide Josh Richardson to the three or whatever. But you know, for me, more sense to take AJ Griffin here. I don't think he falls past nine, which he is mocked to take on Tankathon at nine. Um, it adds a versatile defender. Oh, they also have Devin Vassell. Yeah, they have a lot of guards. Devin Vassell, too. Um, but A.J. Griffin, I like that a lot. Um, one of my good friends is a Spurs fan. He told me for a while he wanted a big. Maybe they go Jalen Duran, you know? Um, but I think, for me, I'm going to take A.J. Griffin. Because... They've got Doug McDermott right now, and he's he's you know he's on his basically on the tail end of his career. Like he can still produce at a high level, well, like at you know at a good level, but like he's not going to fit that timeline. You know he's not going to be there when they're competing for championships. So you get AJ Griffin, you know that that can be your knockdown shooter, and he can 
adds so much more than Doug McDermott can in terms of defense and attacking closeouts, et cetera, et cetera. And he can learn some, you know, nice little shooting techniques and little nuances and things about shooting and just the game overall from the vets in San Antonio and all the coaching staff as well. Because, you know, he's one of the younger, like he's like the youngest player in the lottery. He's not even 19 years old. He's 18.8 years old on via Tankathon. So I like that for San Antonio. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, basically, I'm going back and forth here because I was going to say Benedict Martherin. Oh, yeah. I don't or know much about the Spurs him. I really don't. Because he slides in really nicely next to DeJounte because he's a good shooter. He can be a great defender. He's a good shooter. Has nice scoring ability from all three levels. Not great, but it is nice. Mm-hmm. But the Spurs need a big yeah. go increasingly badly. That's what I'm saying. There, so, a huge Jeremy Sotan is still on the board. Ooh. So that's where I'm going to go Over for San Antonio. Over Duran? Yeah. Over Duran. Because power forward, power forward is more... Having a versatile power forward is a little bit more pressing than a versatile center. Or because you have Pertle in the middle. Pertle. Yeah. You have Pertle in the middle. My bro, bad. My friend, yep. I was talking about Pirtle. this first fam. He got so mad that I did not correct you guys on that. Because somebody said Pertle in one of the first episodes, referring to like the game, you know, the Wordle spinoff. Yeah. He said, Pirtle. why did you not correct them on how they said that? I was like, bro, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize it. But it's Pertle. <laughs> you know who you are. It's Pertle. I hope you're happy. Hurdle. One of our most loyal listeners. Shout out, to you. Shout out to you. One of our most loyal listeners. For real, though. Appreciate you. Appreciate the support. But I see that. Oh, yeah. I see that. Love it. Especially developing defensively under Pop. Oh, my goodness. Even further defensively. Wow. Yeah, they just they just don't have a four. They're, there are no fours. They really have Zach one. Collins, Doug McDermott, Devontae Kakuk. And then you got... That, Keldon, but he's like, isn't he 6'6"? Six, six? He's more of a 3 to me. Keldon Johnson is 6'5", and oh, he is listed as a 3. Yeah. He just yeah, you've got three. your point guard. you got your point guard, DeJounte. Uh, Trey Jones is sorry. Josh Richardson, Lonnie Walker, and Primo. I have no idea who Primo, what Primo is going to end up being. Yeah. You need a guard. Benedict would fit. But power forward just gives you a better. It helps more. Yeah. Also, I like Jeremy Sotan. I think he's cool. Yeah. He reminds me of JRE. Oh yeah, without the splashy McCashy jump shot. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeremy Sotan. His crisp twenty nine point five percent from three. Yummy. Um, are we all good on number nine? Good on nine. All right. Number 10, Washington. Now, I'm going to have to think about this this one. This is tricky. There's a lot. Oh, actually. Oh. I have my pick, and it is a sleeper. I've got it. Go for it. It's the D.N. guy. With the 10th pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Washington Wizards select Osman Jang. Oh, Osman yep. Jang. 
a point guard to go beside Beal, six foot nine, seven foot wingspan. Well, he's listed as a small forward, but he has a lot of ball handling, got so much defensive potential, shown a lot of shot creating potential, um, and he could develop really nicely next to a scorer like Bradley Beal and a vet like Bradley Beal. And, and a Wizards team, even at that, full of vets, he could really learn to be a, you know, a, a one in, in the NBA, I feel like. And just to be there and learn with around a lot of vets and, you know, a good coach too, Wes Unsell Jr. Um, I just really like that pick, like just thinking about it. Um, I got a Wizards fan too. That's one of my really, really good friends, one of my bestest buddies. Let me know how you think about this, please. I want to know what you think. Um, I want to have him on, too, to talk about the draft soon but and talk about who he wants the Wizards to pick. Um, but I like this pick. It's a sleeper, like I said. He's mocked 14th on Tankathon. I like this for Washington because they need a point guard, too, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they need a they need a guard. Yeah, really, really bad. Like young guard even, too. You got Ish Smith, Raul Nito, exactly. and Cassius Winston. Exactly. I mean, you know, you got Rui on the wing. You got Denny on the wing. Two really nice young guys. Yeah, down low. Kyle. It's really nice. Kyle, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Daniel Gafford. Yeah, I like Gafford too. Porzingis. Jang. If you put Zhang in the backcourt with Beal, you know, you may not win anything in Beal's prime, but, you know, maybe on the tail end of his career, and he's there to develop, something, help these guys develop and, you know, put up buckets doing it. Yeah, the Wizards, I really, at this point in the draft, I you would have to, what you got? I got? I got them taking a guy that I haven't heard much about and haven't, watched much, but Malachi Branham shooting guard from Ohio State. So kind of in the mold of what Max said and what you guys were talking about, where they need a guard, and he is, he has the ability to shoot from all three levels and score from all three levels, where he does have some problem streaking his three-point shot, where he will make a bunch of threes in a row and then just be really cold from three. But he also has the size to play some wing as well. So if you want him to play the wing, he can do that as well. I don't think he is in right away starter. I don't think anyone still available will start really right away from for Washington. Yeah. Besides Dang, maybe. Yeah, I forgot to um, say also, I didn't want to leave this out. They also have Corey Kispert on the wings, too. Because we talked about all their young yeah. players. We lined them off. They have Kispert on the wing, too. But um, Malachi is is really capable spot shooter from 30 at 42% and is elite rising up oh. in, uh, in the mid-range. 42%. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know it was that high. 53% on his two corners. That's good, too, man. Especially for a guard. No, yeah, I have uh, Malachi going to the Wizards. I like that. Yeah, with the Wizards, at this point in the draft, if the Wizards could hit a trade-up and trade somebody like 
Kyle Kuzma, I would trade Kyle Kuzma to move up to like six and pick somebody like Shaden Sharp or Jaden Ivey. Beal and 10. I would to move absolutely to do that. Beal and 10 for five. Who says no? Oh, Lord. But, uh, yeah, here at number 10, I've got Washington going with, uh, what's his face? The guy y'all were <laughs> talking about. What's his face? Hank. Johnny. Johnny Davis. Oh, Johnny Davis. Okay. Because the- he's still on my board. <laughs> I've got the Wizards going with what's his face? The guy you were talking about earlier. Yeah, that one guy. <laughs> Sorry, that that was yeah, funny he's- it should have been. He can score. He can score pretty nicely. Runs it pretty nicely. He'd be nice off the bench for the Wizards behind Denny Avdia. They're similar players, actually. Yeah. Except Brian Davis does better at taking over in offense. Denny Avdia is a really good defender now, which is weird, but it's the truth. I think he would fit right in behind that guy. Yeah, we're getting to the point where we're just picking bench players. Yeah. I, I like pieces. Zhang excites me. Like, if Zhang's still there um, at 12, if I'm the Thunder, dude, I don't, I'm just saying, I know we already have a 6'9 point guard, 6'8 point guard, what do you want to call him? Josh Giddy, you know? We already have a lot of ball handlers. A lot of guys looking to get others involved. But I would at least take a look at him. Because we're still drafting for talent, like I said. But anyways. We're at 11 now. Yeah. But like like Andrew's saying, these guys in, at this point in the lottery, they are definitely more projects. Yes. They're getting to the projects where they will probably ride the bench for a bit. But can we're seeing them in the projects. Um... So you have Johnny. Okay. So from here, are we just saying names, or are we going to twelve? Let's go to fourteen and say names. Okay. I may expand a little bit on twelve. Yeah, just because it's ours. Who y'all got? Who you got? I got at eleven. Eleven. This is another hard one. Yeah, this is a hard one. But I'm thinking Knicks go with. Guard Benedict Mothman here. I think that's where he goes. I like that too. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Matthew in two. I don't know much about him, but, you know, he can shoot the ball. And the Knicks, I feel like they may need another young guard. And they have, I don't think they take Duran because that's basically Mitchell Robinson. You know? Yeah, short Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> I, I was thinking Duran if they lost. Robinson. Yeah, if they lost but, him, yeah. But I think I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to go Dang. Oh, I like that one too, yep. yeah. He's already gone on my board, like we just said, but like, I like that too for them a lot. Again, a project player. If I was the Knicks, I'd actually just trade Julius Randle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could trade Randle and put Dern at the four. Oh, yeah. Julius, Randall. Randall, Julius Randall and 11 for 7 from Portland to win now? They take that. They take that. Yeah, you get Julius Randall, you keep, you stay inside the lottery, 
You move down four spots. You pick up Julius Randle. And you can still take a player that has high defensive upside in Zhang. Or maybe even Sochan's still there. You probably don't get Johnny Davis at 11. But uh, Zhang may still be there. I mean, I know I I have him going at 10. But he may still be there at 11. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? And, And you still can get that backup guard. So. For sure. That'd be dope. Um, so that you had you had the next go. You had you guys both had Ben. Yeah, I'll take Matthew. In. Yeah, I took Ben. And now here at twelve, I uh, I've never heard of this guy until I was looking at this. But he sounds like a baller. Sounds like exactly. The, I have no idea how to say his name. Is it? I'm gonna figure it out. Me, is, is, it, it Ochi? is it Ochai? Is it Ochai Abaji? Absolutely, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Dog from Kansas. Yeah, I seen him. For, I seen him play for Kansas. Um, yeah, he, go ahead. He, and, yeah, or uh, Andrew, fill us in. Yeah, plug a three and D guy onto the Thunder, and things will only get better. I like that. Yeah, I mean, simple but effective. I like it. Simple but effective. A three and D player. Is like gold for the Thunder right now. That's exactly what we need. Relentless work ethic, absolutely. I like it. Um, Any hustle. I like. I like Abaji. But give me Malachi Branham. Again, what you said. Okay. He can shoot the ball. He's only nineteen though. He's a freshman. He's 6'5 with a 6'10 wingspan. There's definitely defensive potential there. Um, his defensive win shares and defensive ratings are low, but not to say if, if you're going to play for Mark Dagnott, you're going to play defense. So, yeah. I like that. I, I would say either Branham or Abaji, but I don't know. That's tough. Presty's probably got something up his sleeve. Yeah, whoever you know, Presty so. picks is my guy, man. I support him all the way. Yep. Who you got? Um, Who you got, Trey? I got I got Ben. Uh, okay. Mathern, uh he's best yeah. with Dort, and um, like you guys were, you guys said you didn't know much about him, so I'll fill you in a little bit. He's a uh, six six, two hundred and ten pounds with a six uh, nine win uh, wing. Wing span. Um, he's a really good passer. Uh, he can drop the ball into tight spaces for bigs in the paint and is great at uh, charging into the paint and kicking it out to open shooters, as well as he has great pick and roll ability with either being the person who picks or rolls um, in it. And he, he, is a, he is a raw scorer. Who needs development in, the, in that in that area? But once again, we're talking about a Presti team and a Mark Dagnall coach team, where development is just it's key everything. Exactly. So I think he's perfect to go to us at twelve. I like that too. Um, raw talent has never uh, threw the thunder off. If they see something they like in somebody, they're going to take them. So I like that. I do. Um, Thirteen, uh, Mark will okay. Jalen Dern or Mark Williams, either one. I love both of those picks for Charlotte. They need a big old boy down there. 
Jalen Dern. That is down there too. Jalen Dern. Ooh, Wait, who did you say for twelve? Uh, Andrew. Uh, Oche Agba. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Agba. It's a big one. Picture. I didn't know Mark right, Williams averaged four point. Bro, I didn't know Mark Williams <laughs> averaged four point three blocks. I didn't know he averaged that many blocks. Really? Yeah, he Wait. averaged four point three blocks a game. Seventeen, eleven, and four point three blocks. Uh, Duran averaged three. I like both of them. Mark Williams is just three inches taller and a little bit lighter, just a little bit. Um, I don't. I've not watched a lot of Mark Williams' film. I've watched more Duran. He's an explosive athlete. He's younger. Actually, excuse me. Sorry, let me correct myself. Duran is younger than AJ Griffin. I said Griffin will be the youngest player in the lottery. Um, they they both have a high chance of being in that lottery, and um, he's a tad bit younger. So just wanted to correct myself, but can't go wrong with either of those for Charlotte. But for the sake of this, I think Mark Williams has a higher chance of falling. But Durant's still on my board, so give me um, give me Jalen Duran because I don't know how much of a lob threat Mark Williams is. I'm assuming he's somewhat of one because he's seven foot two. He averaged four point three blocks, so he probably get up there. But I'm I'm gonna go Duran safe pick for that. I definitely feel that, and um, I believe it's between Dern and uh, Mark Williams as well. They need a big And I'm going to go with, yeah. Uh, shout out to my uh, friend who's a Hornets fan. Um, he knows who he is. I got one of those two. And shout out to him. He know, he, he's one of our most he's, supportive listeners, too. He's really, he's really high on Mark Williams, so I'm going to go Mark Williams for him. I don't know much about Mark Williams. But I believe, just from what you've said, that he, I believe he could do really well with Charlotte. They've been needing that the uh, threat in the paint and just presence um, for a long time now. Whoever goes there look like a star. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna go with Mark Williams. Alrighty. What about you, Andrew? Oh, you said Dern, right? Yep, Darren. Okay. They need a big. Yeah. Montrezl Harrell sells drugs. They need a big. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Uh, Cavs. Last one. Cavs. Ty Ty Washington. Give me um. I'm. I was kidding. You know, Rondo. Not uh, Rondo's on the tail end of his career. Give me Julian Newman to back up uh, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Need a young guard. He may be like 26 and still in high school, but, you know, all things considered, he's still a high schooler, right? Yeah, all things considered. <laughs> no, but... Hey, man, they, I like was... those, they like those high schoolers. Oh, my gosh. Carolina. Um, I'm going to go Diang, or Jang. I don't know how you say his name. The 6'9 guy. Yeah. Point guard. From France, I'm gonna go with him. They need another point. Darius Garland is short. This guy is big. It'd be a nice switch up. I think it works really well. Give need me, another um, guy. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was done. Okay. Um, give me a Baji. He's more. He's a senior. You know, he's 22. He's more 
uh, prepared to contribute now, and the Cavs are in a position where they can legit like win a good amount of games. They've got a good core that can win a lot of games right now, and I think they're probably going to try and make a run. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a Baji. Yeah, um, I completely agree. I'm going to go Abaji as well. Uh, I think he's a perfect fit to just fill out that lineup, either on the bench behind uh, whoever starts. <laughs> it would be what? Who would it be right now? Um, uh, it would be DG at the one. Um, oh, is Okoro starting? Okoro's not starting, is he? I think he is. I think he is. That's who I was going to say is starting, is Okora. It's, so it's we'll Allen just go with that. Five. It's Allen at the five. Um, and then, Mobley four. Yeah, Mobley at the four. And then didn't they do the three seven-footers for a while and do marketing at the three? Did they do that? Did they start that team? I think they. I, I think he went off the bench most of the time. He probably did. I think they definitely ran it, but it was yeah. with him coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Okora th- must yeah. have been starting. Especially after Sexton went down. Yeah. But yeah, I'll go, I'd go uh, Abaji as well. Alright. Any other words on that? Because it's uh, it's about time to wrap it up. An hour and 20 minutes. Nikola Jovich. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is all. Alright. Well, this was a great episode. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. It was something... Different, but different is not always bad. Different is good, but let us know feedback. Richie's question. Oh yes, should we? Hot diggity should dog. we wait? Because we should wait. Okay, Richie's question. We should wait. Will be the OKC segment of the next podcast, which will probably be out on we Wednesday will. or Thursday morning. I don't we know. Will. We will lead off with Richie's question. Yeah. We have we have sixteen more picks. Yeah. So y'all will either be seeing this. Yeah, y'all are either be seeing this on Monday morning or Tuesday morning. Um, Hopefully Monday. Yeah. Something. Hopefully. Yeah. So, um, happy Father's Day to everybody. Um, all the dads out there that work their tails off. You're loved. Um, hope you had a great day with your family. Um, fathers make sacrifices every single day. Um, I love my dad. He works, works his tail off. So, you know, I can do stuff like this. So I, you know, tell your dads, you love them. Give them hugs. Um, dads are awesome. So shout out. Shout out to people who don't have that. Because to everybody, yeah, just yeah, love, love to, to, love to. If you don't have a dad, if you don't have a because, dad, you have a father figure, and that's your dad. Yeah, they don't have to be. They don't have to be your biological father. It's your father figure. If if you have a father figure, it's your father. So you know, yeah, that person that makes sacrifices in your life. Um, tell them you love them. Give them a hug. Tell them how much you appreciate them. You know, dad, if you're listening to this, I love you. Take it easy. Happy Father's Day. So, yeah. Um, thunder up. Thunder up. God bless y'all, man. Have thunder a great, up. Have a great rest of your day. God bless y'all. And see y'all in the next one.